got time to shoot the breeze. Got no time to blow. Excuse me, mister, if you please. I gotta go. Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley, and we're burning daylight. Good morning, everybody. Beautiful morning here in the eastern Sierras. Got a nice little cool breeze this morning. Probably gonna get hot later. It is that time of year. July 1st, man. Uh, the, the time has flown this year. We are we're balls deep in the middle of summer now though. And uh we got the got the Independence Day holiday here later this week and I'm I'm always excited for that. I wished I would have uh made a trip to Wyoming before before now so I could uh pick up some some good cheap fireworks that you can't get most places. I don't know if you've ever been to Wyoming, but when you drive in on you know the major highways, uh, say like I-25, just north of Fort Collins, right at the at the Wyoming border, there are like two great big fireworks warehouses, and they're open year round. And man, they give you some good deals. And and it's Wyoming, so uh, pretty well everything is legal minus like a, a rocket launcher I think so you can get some really cool fireworks there for pretty dang cheap and I did not have a chance to get any this year but I had the chance I didn't take it I guess I didn't didn't think about it when I was uh when I was driving back from deer hunting but anyhow we're gonna we're gonna have us a good old time uh we're Raffling off those trump ropes, I, you know, I, I made that announcement on on Facebook and Instagram, and a, just a little short episode here earlier. So, yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a cool deal. Uh, send me a message to get entered up, and and we'll get you all set. And uh, and then I'll I'll draw the the winner at about five o'clock Pacific time on on the fourth. And. Uh, and we'll get you we'll get you a pair of trump ropes out to you whoever wins good luck and uh yeah let's uh let's have a good day today it's monday but monday can't they ain't always bad so let's have a good one i've been thinking about here the last week or so about opening a uh a patreon account which uh which means I would basically be begging you for money. I'm not gonna beg and I don't, I'm not real keen on the idea, just it kind of goes against my nature, but there's a lot of things I wanna do with this, this little show and a lot, of, a lot of places I wanna go do stuff at. And that all takes a little funding. And, uh, and it's not really in the cards right now with, uh, with my normal salary. So, if uh, if you guys like what I'm doing and wanna wanna help me out with these deals, that I think it'll make a better listening experience for y'all as well, and and maybe in the future some video type stuff too. I don't know if I can if I'll do that on on uh, my day job. Just I I don't need to be broadcasting my my place of work uh on video it's uh it's one thing to do it over audio and but it's a it's a whole whole different deal when when there's uh somebody else is uh liable for for whatever uh comes out of video so i'm I probably won't do that while I'm at work and uh so my typical typical shows where that you've become used to there there's gonna just be audio only uh for as of right now and probably most likely uh going forward they're just going to be audio only but if uh say i was to make it down to the ranch rodeo finals in amarillo this november i could uh i could definitely do some video interviews and uh and just video shows in general just broadcasting 
from the, the Ranch Rodeo Finals or say Cowboy Christmas down in, in Vegas and maybe next year the Jordan Valley Rodeo, the Big Loop, give the, give the buckaroos a little bit of love or, you know, just stuff like that. Western States uh, Ranch Rodeo Finals in Winnemucca. There's, there's all sorts of stuff, cowboy poetry uh, that, that I'd like to do. And uh, like I said, they can be done. It just takes a little funding. And uh, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and set one up and no pressure if uh, if you feel like you it'd be worth it for you I'd, I'd I'd sure appreciate the contribution if not no no skin off my back it's just an idea I had and uh, like I said some of the some of the ideas I got just gonna take a little little funding and then you know once once this thing really gets rolling we got some ad revenue coming in I'll probably still keep that Patreon deal but maybe I'll just make a deal where you guys get to pick what stupid shit I buy with it if uh when it when it becomes that no longer needed for for my uh for you guys to to fund my my trips and whatnot. So that's an idea I had. I've been kicking it around. I'm not not sold on it. Uh that's just me, so but I guess it you won't never know till you try. So that's, I think I'm gonna go ahead and sign one up, and I'll, uh, I'll, it'll just be the Burning Daylight Patreon page, and I'll think of some perks to, for you guys that do subscribe and, and uh, you know, support. So I'll, uh, I'll get you some details whenever I, when I get everything lined out, but. Hi, uh, thanks for bearing with me on that. I, I, I guess I feel like a really like, cheap used car salesman right now, but that's kind of the idea I've got, and if you like it, you like it. If not, hey, then now I'll know. So, anyway, thanks for listening, all of you beautiful people. Today's show is brought to you, once again, by the D-Bags. Don't be a gunsel. And um, I've had a few comments on what a gunsel is. And uh, typically a gunsel is kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy, but overall don't know what the fuck they're doing. And, uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go. And some people have different names for them, depending on what line of work you're in. But for us in the cowboy world, we call them a gunsel. But anyway, Don't Be a Gunsel is it's a website started to uh, started with the working cowboy with, who has a sense of humor in mind. And they also have a line of merch that you can buy. Uh, they've got some hats and some stickers and uh, a coffee mug. Uh, you can find them at Don't Be a Gunsel on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you go buy any of their merch, make sure you use the promo code Burning Daylight and get 10% off. It'll help them out. That'll help me out. And you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper. And their prices are already pretty cheap. So go I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the Burning, uh, Burning Daylight promo code B U R N I N. D-A-Y-L-I-G-H-T. I, uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but a couple of my friends had posted uh, an article where apparently... Arby's has trolled the vegans pretty damn hard. So with, you know, this big push for for vegetarian and vegan, um, you know, whatever, to, to each their own. I really don't care what you eat. Uh, I'd prefer you eat beef because it keeps, uh, keeps some money in my pocket. But if you don't, I ain't going to hold it against you. I really don't give a shit, but... Uh, they, but there's all these like, uh, I think it was, was it Burger King that that made the, you know the, the veggie burger, or something, and or maybe they're doing like the, 
the lab made meat or something. Like meat, except it's not. And it, then it's a mammal protein. in. Uh, yeah, so like I said, teach a carrot out of meat is what it looked like to me. It was out of, I think it was out of turkey and they, you know, ground it and compressed it and whatever and, uh, <laughs> and made it look like a carrot and they, you know, did some food coloring or, or whatever. I'm not sure how all they did it, but they, <laughs> they, uh, they did it as a, a meat filled alternative to, to the carrot. And, uh, oh, it was kind of funny. I bet it, uh, I can't imagine it tastes all that great. I'm not a big turkey fan anyways, but it was pretty funny. Well, we talked about breeds of cattle the other day and uh, well, we talked about breeds of cattle the other day, but I, have not uh, have not covered breeds of horses yet in in detail and anyways so much like breeds of, breeds of cattle there everybody has their own favorite breed of horses for whatever reason but your most uh, most popular and like pretty you know widely dominant horse that you're gonna see in the and the cowboy community is going to be the American Quarter Horse, which the origins of the American Quarter Horse are they were a racehorse first, but they they ran quarter mile races. That was their their specialty. They didn't do the the big long races like the thoroughbreds. And now thoroughbred is is your uh, Kentucky Derby, your Triple Crown winners. Those are those are thoroughbred. And those those horses are are taller, got a lot more leg to them. And uh, and they they've got great big long strides and they they can really cover some ground. They're fast. Um, everybody's seen the Kentucky Derby. You know those those horses are fucking moving. Now the quarter horse is going to be a little shorter, a little stockier, bigger hip. They're going to have a smaller head to them, uh, unless you got like Hancock or some some line like that where they got the great big old hammer heads. Uh, but your your prototypical like foundation quarter horse stuff is going to be a little shorter, uh, kind of blockier looking, uh, real pretty head. And they're going to be, uh, they're going to be pretty fast, but more than anything, they're going to be quick. A lot of, a lot of side to side movement on some of them. And that there's different, different types within the quarter horse breed itself. So like a, we were talking the other day, you got your running bred quarter horses, which a lot of you know they they still race quarter horses a lot, and and then also uh, those running lines are very popular within the barrel racing community and the roping community too, like the you know the arena roping, just because they you got speed right there and you know so barrel barrel horse obviously you want speed because they're you're getting them around the barrels. And, but they, you also want them to, you know, they're going to have to spin around those barrels too. So you want them, you want them to be real agile as, as well as fast. And, you know, so they're going to, they're going to go from full speed to almost a stop, spin around that barrel, and then, you know, back to full speed to get to the next one. And, and then on the roping side, you, you want to be out the box and on that steer in a, in a hurry so you can, because it's all timed. And so you, you want to get a good jump, uh, you know, you want them to be real explosive out the, out the box. And, uh, and then you want them to, to track that, that steer like you, <clears throat> like you need to, so you can, so you have your, your, uh, your shot. And, uh, so then on course with that, there's the, the head side and the heel side and you know, your heel, heel horse typically isn't as fast as your head horse but you still want some speed there because you're you want to be out the box and uh and in position so that steer doesn't duck to the right giving your you know giving your header a, a harder shot to to throw so i mean you, you want to haze that thing going straight so your 
your healer or your header can just slap it on him and then and then you're in position so when he when he turns the corner you're right there scooping up heels and uh so that's that's one of the reasons uh that you see a lot of a lot of running lines in uh, your barrel and rope horses so like dash for cash and easy jet and go man go are kind of kind of some of the the more well-known uh running lines and then then you've got your halter class which is you know when you show a halter class they're in a halter and you're you're leading them around and uh and they're you're <coughs> you're looking a lot at the confirmation and the and uh how they're put together <coughs> but those horses are typically a little taller <coughs> and just big you know they're big muscular uh, a lot of bone to them and those those type of horses are popular within the ranch community and the roping community because they they're tougher they hold up they hold up more and so like some of those lines would be like two-eyed jack and uh jackie b and uh and then you get some like driftwood and uh and hancock in there as well uh but those are more like your your ranch type horses are, are like hancock and driftwood where they're they're kind of a combination of all of it where you got some you got some speed to them uh they're typically a little little taller a little leggier uh which makes it nice when you're you know when you're working outside on a ranch and you got you know you got a big pasture you can catch a long trot and uh and cover some ground in a hurry and uh and you know when they're a little a little leggier like that they uh, they tend to step out a little little more on that when they're uh, at a trot and so it makes it a little smoother a little easier to ride and uh and then you'll get some uh where they they crossbreed them with uh with thoroughbreds just just to get some of that length on them and uh but those are i mean some of your ranch lines are they're they're just kind of a combination of everything you want some you want some cow instinct to them uh, when i say that like uh that comes in with your cowbred lines or your cutting lines and, and those horses are a little little smaller uh they're getting stockier they there for a while they were really really light bone type horses but super athletic real quick uh and you know and then they their instinct is to uh is to work a cow so whether you're cutting or you know roping or whatever you they they've got a they got a natural instinct to uh to pay attention to a cow and and just depends on how you train them or whether they they either don't want them to get by by you and like in the the cutting competitions or or they they'll put you right on the hip so you can so you can throw your rope and then and then from there you, you teach them how to work a rope and so uh so you can you can step down and, and doctor or whatever and uh and that horse is going to keep your rope tight so the calf ain't getting up and uh so some of the some of the cow bread lines are uh most popular one now uh pretty easily is uh highbrow cat uh he is uh he was a he was a bad dude i think he's still alive but really really an awesome horse and he has sired a lot of a lot of really good really good offspring as well but highbrow cat which goes back to uh, uh highbrow hickory which goes back to doc's hickory which eventually goes back to doc bar and so a lot of a lot of your cutting lines go back to doc bar uh doc bar and then like peppy sand badger uh Colonel Freckles and Smart Little Lena is uh, is another one. Poco Bueno, there's uh, there's a few. Poco Bueno is one of the one of the real early uh, cutting horses, and uh, and very popular in the in the ranch horse type community because they're they're they still got a lot of cow instinct, uh, but they they're built a little little heavier than some of your more modern cow horse lines and. So there, so you see a lot of like Poco Bueno, Poco Checks, Bueno Checks throughout ranch, uh, especially like your big ranches that, that raise their own, their own lines. Uh, you, you see, see Poco Bueno or Poco Checks or some, 
some combination of those when you when you're looking through the lineage on on some of these bigger ranches and uh and then they're they're uh they're still pretty common in the cutting horse world too not a, not as much as uh as say like uh your colonel freckles or your uh peppy sand badger or those type lines they're there those are a lot more uh more common smart little lena uh docalina those those types are they're a lot more common in in your cow lines but but you'll still see some some poca bueno and 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 those 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 offshoots in in the cutting world still so uh and then from there like i said you got the thoroughbred and then the you got the American Paint Horse, the you know APHA, American Paint Horse Association, which I I'm not real sure how all that came about, but basically your paint horses are what uh, what you would kind of see in like your cowboy and Indians movies. The, the Indian horses are going to be paint, so they're you know they're white with uh, with splotches of color all uh, you know all over, and and they could be big splotches or little splotches, but there's also you have breeding stock uh, paint horse, which they they don't maybe they don't, may not have any white on them at all, but they came out of a uh, either a paint stud or a paint mare, and and they just don't have any any markings to them really. They're they're more kind of solid colors, or uh, I think I think they to be considered uh, breeding stock is anything that doesn't have any white markings above the knee. And I uh, don't quote me on that, but and then there's, but it seems like anything can can be registered as uh, as APHA anymore. Uh, but there you see a lot of lot of quarter horse lines through going through the the paint uh, paint registry as well. So there there's a lot of similarities between the two. And um, Andalusian one that's that's pretty popular kind of out here on the west coast uh it's an old spaniard breed of horse and and th those are kind of like the original like bridal horses that that you'd see were were usually kind of i think they were andalusian or some some sort of cross and then but you, you've got tons of different breeds and I, I know my my wife grew up around morgan horses which are uh they were used by the military quite a bit because they they were kind of go all day type horses. They were short, stocky, you know, somewhat similar to a uh, to a quarter horse, and they had a they had a little better little better rhythm to their to their gait uh, than a quarter horse. But they uh, and they're they're a smaller tie, and there there's some ranch ranches that uh, that use exclusively Morgan horses, but. They're not they're not near as uh, popular right now as you know as the paints or the quarter horses, but that's that's another uh, you know pretty significant breed. And like I said my wife had those growing up, and so she's she's very popular to a Morgan. And where I I grew up around paint and quarter horses, and then some like what we'd call appendix quarter horses, and that that just means one one parent is. Uh, is quarter horse registered and the other one is uh, thoroughbred registered and so you can still register them as a uh, as a quarter horse but it's uh, appendix registry so meaning they're, they're not full quarter horse and I, I don't think you can register with the jockey club which would, would be the like the governing body for uh, for the thoroughbred uh, breed so, but they are very exclusive. I think you to be registered as a with the jockey club, they have to be both parents be full thoroughbred, and and they do not allow artificial insemination either. So it all has to be live cover uh, when they when they breed those horses. So, uh, yeah. So for if you're not aware, artificial insemination is where you you take the semen from from the male and uh, you put it in a little tube. And then you uh, you wait until the you know the the female is ready you know she is at the right moment in their estrus cycle then you would you would uh, inject that that little straw of semen into them and uh, 
and they would get bred that way rather than having the you know the the stud horse cover the mare and and breed her naturally which is, is still done quite a quite a little bit but uh you know when you when you've got a lot of money tied up in in these stud horses you know especially if they win a lot of money you know you you're gonna get offers to breed to them because everybody wants a winner so and, and in the quarter horse world they you know they made it a lot easier to to spread those lines because they allow artificial insemination whereas the jockey club does not so and and it, and it makes the, those quarter horses uh makes them viable for a long time because they're not they're not wearing themselves out doing the live cover you can uh you can just uh you can collect them each time and uh and then it, it's not near the stress on on the horse you know there's not a chance not any chance for them to to break a leg or something if they slip or if they uh say that mare is not not fully in heat and she's not ready to be bred mare can be a bitch when they're uh <laughs> When they're getting messed with and you know and the stud is just uh it's just like any male animal you know they, they don't they know one thing and uh so they're pretty relentless but if a mare is not receptive to it she's gonna she's gonna fight back and uh and so there's a there's a chance that you could injure you know your high dollar animal that way so a lot of a lot of guys in the quarter horse world they they do almost uh almost strictly ai just just to just to keep their their stud horse or stallion as i guess is the proper proper term but we we always call them stud horse they're the same thing but keep your keep your stud in good working shape and it'll, it'll make them last longer and and then you can get you can get more babies off them or uh or more you know collect more stud fees that way so and with the advent of artificial insemination, I mean, you can you can ship those straws uh, packed in dry ice or liquid nitrogen uh, to keep it cold, and you can ship it anywhere that uh, you know anywhere in the U.S. Probably anywhere in you know depending on what the laws are, but you could you could probably ship it uh, anywhere in the world as well. So. Uh, that that's kind of one of the advantages that the, the the quarter horse association has AQHA over the jockey club is they uh, you know they're they're adapting with the times where like the jockey club is very much and like an old school type deal very very traditional kind of snooty you know snobby only only real you know the only people owning those those Kentucky Derby horses have a just obscene amount of money so it's very much a uh, you know it's very much kind of an old old money type deal where the quarter horse industry they uh you know they're 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 adapting with the times they're embracing the you know the the use of technology to to increase the popularity of the breed and they've done done an excellent job that way there's a lot of a lot of people will have criticisms of the criticisms of the AQHA, and I'm, and most, a lot of them are are definitely warranted. But <clears throat> overall, they've they've been a great ambassador for the for the quarter horse breed, and uh, they've really helped spread the popularity of them. And so that's that's kind of those are kind of the main. Well, I guess the Mustang too. I've talked about these at, at length a little bit, and. The Mustang is is kind of it's kind of similar to the to the Texas Longhorn. There's a there's not really a set breed, you know. They they call them the American Mustang, but a lot a lot of times it's just a feral horse. They're 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 especially like during the the economic crash in 2008. You know, there was a lot of people that went broke, and they had horses that they no longer could afford to feed. And uh, rather than well, and a lot of times they couldn't sell them. And uh, so, rather than having them put down, they'd just go take them out in the desert and drop them off. And that, so that that really kind of led to a, a pretty big spike in uh, 
and the numbers of of these mustangs and but they're uh originally they're they're just kind of offspring of the old spaniard horses from uh you know the the conquistador days and and you know there's different ranges where you can get them from but a lot of you know a lot of times if those, those populations aren't controlled uh you get a lot of inbreeding and and uh, just kind of really really shitty <laughs> shitty horse flesh uh after a while so um and that's kind of like you know the longhorn i don't know exactly where the origins are but it was all it was all from like spaniard uh conquistadors that that brought them over as uh mostly as a food source for the for the cattle and uh and so the the texas longhorn kind of kind of morphed out of out of those and so i i don't i'm sure there's there's probably some way to trace some lineage back but uh but they're they're very similar to the to the mustang in that way and me myself i i prefer quarter horse and uh specifically cowbred uh quarter horses i that that's that's what i like they're a little shorter a little stockier uh real quick and agile and that those are the kind that i like i don't <coughs> i don't mind a tall horse in the summer but they're they're awful hard to climb up on in the winter when you're all bundled up and you got nine thousand layers on trying to keep warm you know it, it makes it a little tough to move at times so step you know you got a 16 hand horse uh you might have to go find a hay bale to stand on or or a bucket or something so you don't have to to jump and catch a stirrup so i i like my horses stand about right around 15 hands so and and the measurement of a hand is uh is four inches one hand equals four inches so when you when you say you see a, a post or something about a horse that is uh it'll say like 15.2 that means he is a full uh a full 15 hands so 60 inches and then the point two comes from you add a, another inch uh so 15 one would be 61 inches 15 two would be 62 so 15 two would would be 15 and a half hands and uh that is as far as i've un i understand it that is how you measure them in hands and uh I'm sure people will tell me I'm wrong, but I I, I did my research, goddammit, so just trust me. Uh, and then you have the terms such as uh, such as registered or papered or grade, and grade just means they they're not registered or cannot be registered, uh, and papered means they are registered, uh, meaning you have the regist registration papers in hand and the the papers itself don't mean a whole lot to me except for resale value and uh and it's a good way to verify the age of a horse but you know like if you if you have a gilding which is uh, a castrated male horse with registration papers there's not really anything you can do with those registration papers except for you know as an incentive to uh upon sale because the the horse is gelded or castrated it can't can't reproduce so the those registration papers are not not near as critical for for a gilding but you know like for for a mare any any mare that you're gonna want to breed you you're probably gonna want to unless you're just planning on keeping them for your own personal use you probably want to have a set of registration papers on it and that way uh you know somebody can look at the at the lineage the bloodlines and uh and say well hey i like i like these these horses because they were good at whatever it was and, you know they, they ran hard they won this many races or you know they won this amount of money uh in the cutting arena or uh you know this one has a lot of cow blood and also some uh, some reigning type blood, so they're a little 
little more leg to them and and they they moved kind of fancy so then they'd, they'd be good for like the rain cow horse or or something along those lines and and so that that's the reason you'd uh, you'd want papers on uh, on a mare and then a stud as well i mean you don't you really don't want to it's not ideal to breed a breed any of your uh your horses to a stud that's not registered i mean if, if you're wanting to sell them and uh <coughs> because then then you won't be able to register them if you if you're you're breeding them to a grade horse or your a grade horse is the one being bred so anyway it, it's a good indicator of what that horse is supposed to do uh it's not you know it's obviously not 100 percent right but you can get a good idea of what uh what the offspring are going to do based on the parents and it's uh it's a good way, good way to verify age, uh, especially on like your gildings where it said they, they, you can't breed them. So the papers are just kind of there for, uh, for age verification. And, uh, and so you can kind of, you can kind of project what that horse is going to do, uh, once, once you start using them. And, uh, the good thing about grade horses is they're cheaper because they don't, they don't have uh they don't you can't verify their age without you know doing a dna test or you can you can check their teeth and get a pretty good idea but uh you don't have any documentation of of their age if they're grade but they you can pick them up for for cheaper uh and but you the resale value on them is solely dependent on how the horse uh the horse is uh is going to perform you know so you can you can sell a grade horse for quite a little bit of money if if they can work and uh but you can you can sell the same horse that with uh papers for for probably double uh a lot of times and so it, it's all about resale value and if you're just uh just a hobby horse type person it's that don't really make much sense to uh to mess with it but where me where I, I i buy and sell horses and uh you know i try to i try to buy a horse for cheap and uh and get them riding around nice and then and then make a little money on them when i sell so i don't i don't do a ton of business in horses but i i you know enough and uh so I, I I buy a lot of grade horses, just trying to flip them as using horses. But I I'm I'm also in the process of building up my own uh, my own specific bloodlines, and uh, I'll have my own my own kind of line of perform, performance horses here in the in the real near future. So I uh, my Clara horse, she's the one I've told you about many times. She is. Uh, she is just about ready to drop we only got a couple couple weeks left before we got a new new baby on the ground so i've got a i've got to make her a little maternity pin there at the house and uh i'm, I'm really hoping for a stud colt out of out of her but either way we're gonna find out if that horse has has any cutting ability which he should uh being how how is bred my my clara was a was a failed uh cutting horse i don't know why they they went ahead and and, and stopped trying to cut on her but she is super cowy will really really work a cow and uh, and then the stud that she is bred to is a is a world champion uh cutting horse and he's a he's the son of the highbrow cat that I've mentioned before and really really a bad dude so I I'm really excited about about this colt so just a couple weeks left and I'll uh I'll post some pictures up on on the interwebs as soon as uh as soon as that baby hits the ground and and is doing good you'll uh you'll get to see it <clears throat> so I'm I'm really really excited about that but those that's kind of my view on on horse breeds um 
There, there's numerous others that I, I didn't mention, and I, I really don't know much about them. Uh, you know, you've got like uh, Icelandic horses, you've got, you know, ponies, and then miniature horses, and uh, you got burros and donkeys and and mules, and th there's just there's no end to it. But those are kind of the the more common ones that that I encounter and, and you know in the world that I operate there's I, I ought to have my older sister on at some point and uh and she can go through training uh training ponies and uh and you know a lot of English type uh uh equestrian events you know uh she's she was big in the hunter jumper world still is and then uh and she knows people in like the dressage world or you know a lot of lot of different uh disciplines out there and a lot of different breeds so uh but for for the working cowboy those are kind of your kind of your uh your popular ones anyways and they uh i guess if you if you're looking to get into horses uh it's kind of like getting in the cows don't expect to make a whole lot of money off the bat but they uh they share a lot of fun i enjoy them but they can they can dang sure be expensive and if you're not if you're not using them to work or whatever uh they really they're just a they're just a, a living expense because you got to feed them feed them every day and uh hay and grain cost money so uh yeah, if you're if you're looking to get into horses, don't 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 look to make much money right off the bat, if ever. But they uh it can be real therapeutic working with a horse. I uh there's times when I, I get get stressed out or something, I'll uh, I'll go get on a on a young horse and and just go go do some work and then, and it kind of takes things off my mind and and then uh, you you get to you get to working with a horse and and when you when you get them to respond how you want them it's it's really it's really a neat experience it's uh you know when you can see tangible progress uh i i really enjoy it and uh you know they they've they've kind of proven over the years that it, that it can be very very uh therapeutic for for people you know not just physically but mentally you know you see you see a lot of these uh uh veterans charities that are that are using horses in in their their treatment you know they'll uh i i just heard about one the other day where they they'll uh they'll bring somebody in and uh and they'll give them just a wild mustang just just brought in off the desert or wherever and uh and they'll they'll make these guys learn how to tie pack knots and uh and they'll teach them how to work with these horses and and turn their you know their they're they're working on their own uh their own mental health as well and uh and it's shown to have some really good results for uh for these veterans that come back with PTSD and you know just really kind of messed up in the brain and uh and I think that's pretty cool so I I know there's uh there's a lot of charities out there for, for veterans, and I uh, that's one of the things I'm gonna kind of ask Bert tomorrow about is uh, what are, what are good ones to be involved with, and uh, so if you're looking at at making contributions, you know, I'm gonna try to find out what the good ones are, so you know you know that your money is going to to actually help these people instead of just you know paying executives or uh, or whatever. So I'll uh, I'll ask Bert about that later on and and see what he has to say but anyway there's my spiel for horses on the day and i uh if you got any more questions about them go ahead and send them to me and go ahead and send me some pictures of your ponies i i really i really enjoy looking at those you know the roping pictures the 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 cow dog video the other day i really i really got a kick out of that and uh and send them to me. I, I really enjoy looking at it, and I'll I'll uh I'll make sure and like and 
if I, you know, if I really like them, I'll share them and, and whatever, but, uh, send them to me, and I, I, it's, it's really a neat relationship that we have with, uh, with animals as, you know, in the industry we're in, uh, you know, you, you kind of got to find a different way to communicate, because they, these animals don't speak English, and unless you're, uh, you got some really, really intelligent dogs and horses, you know, they, they really, uh, even though they can't speak it, they can kind of understand it. But even then, just to get them started out, you've got to figure out a way to communicate with them uh, that you know that you don't have that issue with uh, working with a human. So it's it's pretty it's pretty neat, and it's kind of a it's a science and an art all in all in one. Uh, learning how to to handle livestock. It's uh, yeah, it's it's really pretty neat. I'll uh I'll talk about the kind of the nuances of, of handling cattle and some of the the big influences uh within the the beef industry uh on at a later date. But you know, we'll we'll talk about Bud Williams and, and Temple Grandin and and a few others that uh you know kind of the pioneers of like the modern way of handling cattle, which is a lot of traditional way of handling cattle. It just you know, there's there's some some of the pioneers of our our era that that really brought it to the forefront. I'll uh, I'll talk about those in a in a later episode, and it'll be a little more on the dry side. But there's always some interesting stuff in there, so stay tuned for that. But I think that's gonna do it for this morning's show. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, once again, just thanks for thanks for all the support. Um, we're gonna also do a, a pre-sale on on burning daylight ball caps. Uh, I will I will get that posted up here later today, and uh, and you can you can comment or send me a message or whatever if you want you want in on the on the initial order, and we'll uh, we'll get you down. They're probably gonna be right around 25 bucks plus shipping. Uh, I don't know. For sure what they're going to cost but it I, i'd say ballpark right around there 25 bucks and so not terribly expensive and we're just we're not trying to make a ton of money we're just trying to recoup some costs and get a little little extra revenue for uh you know just some running money for this deal so i'm not going to sell you you know 40 50 dollar ball cap that's just ridiculous i wouldn't buy it so i don't expect you to but I think we, we got a cool design and uh, our first run is going to be uh, going to be the Wyoming Cowboys colors because I, I think that was a pretty, I just always like that color scheme. It's kind of two of the ugliest colors out there, but you throw them together and it looks pretty cool. But that's going to be our initial run and uh, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll put a post up on, on Facebook and Instagram and, and you guys can comment or send me a message and we'll... Uh, that way we can get a tally of what we need to order and we'll we'll get them out to you so uh go find me on facebook matt mckinley uh go follow the page burning daylight uh my personal pages on twitter and instagram are at mickermack85 uh and then at burning daylight for the show page on instagram and i'll, I'll get a i'll get a twitter page up today too so go follow me um uh, Go check out Don't Be a Gunsel on Facebook and Instagram. Go uh, go buy a hat or a sticker or something from them. Make sure you use the promo code Burning Daylight, all one word, all lowercase, and uh, and get yourself a 10% discount, which is pretty cool. And go give them uh, some support, and uh, we'll catch you back here tomorrow. But I got shit to do, and uh, you need to get off your ass because we're burning daylight.
gotta go Wasting time standing here I gotta go They put me in an orphanage West of Tupelo I told them when I burnt that bridge I gotta go Stole a car, gotta go Robbed the hiding hole I left Memphis on the run I gotta go I gotta go somewhere I gotta go Waste the time standing here I gotta go Go.